What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold, but the takes are hot. Today, we've got our first college football, NFL football-focused episode uh, that will be coming out uh, usually Fridays or Saturday mornings like today. Um, just kind of depends on what we've got going on with our work schedule, school schedule. Um, you know, we're both students, we're both working, so kind of got to be flexible with our schedule. Hopefully, you guys understand we'll be flexible with, uh, you know, expecting when the positive help, but should be every Friday or Saturday, um, Friday evening, Saturday mornings, uh, plenty of time before uh, games start on Saturday mornings and NFL games on Sundays. But we're going to get it kicked off today um, with college football is officially back. Uh, we've got week zero, 11 games starting today, um, starting at 11 a.m., going all the, all the way. I think the last game starts at 9 o'clock Central Time. Um, so kind of a full slate of um, not any big-name games. There's really only one notable matchup, uh, Nebraska versus Northwestern. Um, but still good to have Coach Will back. I'll probably watch all the games that go on um, that I can that are on TV tonight. Not all of them are being televised nationally. I think there's a couple on Fox Sports 1, a couple on Fox. Um, definitely going to tune in, though. Really excited. And kind of a fun fact, I guess, um, about the, the one game that really matters today, the Nebraska-Northwestern game, is being played in Dublin, Ireland, which is College Football's first international regular season game since 2017. Um, they play at Avia Stadium. Yeah, Aviva, sorry, Aviva Stadium that holds just under 52,000 people uh, and it's home to Ireland's rugby team soccer team. So uh, kind of a cool deal that they're going to do. Um, you know, I don't know how, how well-known Nebraska and Northwestern are out in Ireland, but um, still very cool to see college football kind of getting back to international games. Um, and yeah, really excited for football to be back. Obviously, next week's the bigger slate. You've got Notre Dame, Ohio State, uh, Oregon, Georgia, some bigger name games. But nonetheless, I'm excited to have the college football back this week. Yeah, I'm pumped that we finally have football back. And pretty much from here until mid-February, we're going to be having football every weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun this time of year, uh, just getting back in the swing of things with school and stuff. And then obviously with football coming along with it is always exciting. It helps ease the transition. Um, I mean, regardless of where this game is being played, it's the marquee matchup today, and I'll be looking forward to see how it plays out. Um, like you said, next weekend has more big games. Um more impactful matchups down the season when they try to determine a playoff group. But nonetheless, it's going to be fun to watch any kind of football today. I know uh, high school football just kicked off. Now we got college and then NFL in a couple weeks. So it'll be nice when everything's back and going and looking forward to it. Yeah, I I know we'll usually do some, I guess I'll make my pick for this game because it's really the only game of of, of note. I think, you know, Florida State's playing some scrub team. UNC is playing some scrub team. So I'm not going to, Pick those games. Those are the obvious winners. Um, but usually we'll do picks every week. Um, I think we were going to do all top 25 matchups, and then we're each going to pick two matchups as well as as well as the tech game. Um, so it should be good. We'll do picks every week, but this is the only pick this week. So I guess I'll make my pick. I'm going Northwestern. I think they've got um, a little more stable situation there with Coach Fitzgerald. Um, just a little more proven program as of late. I know they weren't great last year, but. They trained all the NFL talent. They've got a, a really good left tackle, Peter Skaronsky or Pete Skaronsky. Um, I think they're going to get it done today. Should be good. Um, kind of a, a clash of the mid to bottom tier Big Ten teams this year that we're going to see. Uh, obviously, no Indiana, but um, two teams that should be middle of the pack in the Big Ten. Uh, both looking to have better years than last year, but I think Northwestern gets the win today. Uh, but it should be a good game. I'm definitely looking forward to watching it um, right after kind of we finish wrapping up recording today. Yeah, I mean – I'll be following along. I have worked for a little bit, um, but I'll go with Nebraska just to split the vote. Sure. Uh, be fun. Be fun getting back to uh, voting 
picking teams and stuff. I know we're going to have a running total of all the NFL games for their whole regular season against the spread. So that'll be fun to see kind of how our record plays out down the season. That's pretty much it for in terms of games today. We're going to head into some player news in the NFL. Uh, so the Carolina Panthers announced that quarterback Baker Mayfield will be under center for them as the starter going into their week one matchup against Baker's old team, which is the Browns. Um, should be an exciting deal there, uh, exciting game to follow along with, obviously all the storylines between those two teams. And I know that, you know, while Deshaun's out 11 games or whatever, uh, Brissett is a really solid backup, and I think he could definitely win the game for the Browns. I don't know if he will, just because Baker's going to be playing with a little chip, and the Panthers, you know, can always beat anyone on a random day. Uh, they have a few guys that can change the game, turn it around just like that. So it'll be fun to watch. I think that's going to be one of the more intriguing matchups to open the NFL schedule. Yeah, I'm pulling really hard for Baker. Um, I think it's actually a fairly good game. I think you're right, though. The Browns have a lot more outside of the quarterback position. They have a lot more talent on that roster. They probably have the best offensive line of football. Um, they've got maybe the best one of the, one of the best defenders in football outside of Aaron Donald. Probably the best defender in football, Miles Garrett. Um, really good corner, Denzel Ward. Uh, they just have more impact playmakers uh, kind of across the board. If you look at receiver with Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb at running back, Kareem Hunt at running back is, you know, assuming he doesn't get dealt, which doesn't something that's going to happen. They're kind of still rock with the, the two-man crew there in the backfield, which worked for him in the past, going to keep working for him, I assume. Um, and I think Brissett's going to get it done. It should be able to get it done. I know we're going to talk about this game in a couple of weeks. Probably make the pick on it then. But um, I'm pulling really hard for Baker. I hope he lets him up. Um, I don't think he's going to, but – um, I think it's the right decision for the Panthers. They kind of have to start Baker. They got to get at least give him the start for at least a week or two, um, considering how bad Darnold was last year. Darnold was last year. Um, you know, if Baker's healthy, I think he's a better quarterback, but uh, I guess that's, you know, to be seen. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he fares in that offense, and it'll be fun to see, you know, how down the season he improves in his game as he's kind of entering a contract year. Uh, but last night, the Seahawks announced that Geno Smith will be their starting QB for week one. Uh, he beat out Drew Locke in the competition as they don't really have a solid quarterback in that room. Uh, it doesn't look like as of now that they're going to trade for anyone. It looks like they're going to ride with Geno Smith for the future, at least for this year, and then have a high pick next year and possibly take a quarterback. So Geno Smith's the guy as of now and not expecting much out of the Seahawks this year as they'll likely have a top four to five pick. Yeah, um, it's kind of inevitable that Geno's going to start after kind of the performances that Drew Lockett had. I mean, he had, I think he had three picks in the last preseason game last night. Um, it just was going to be Geno's, I think, all along. He's a vet. He's been in the league a little longer. Um, I think he knows defense is a little better than Drew Locke does. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. This is this is a team that's that's not playing for this season. This is a team playing for draft position. Whether or not they're going to draft a quarterback, they're going to go to Anderson or Jalen Carter, some guys you're going to hear a lot about in the spring from us. Um two generational defensive linemen that are going to come out in this class that are probably worth taking over franchise quarterbacks, to be honest. But that that's for us to get into later. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're playing for a draft pick. They're going to be, they're going to be drafting top five, probably. Um, you know, they, they've got a lot of young talent. They've got a really good tackle duo. Um, so hopefully they can keep Gino upright, maybe win a couple games. They're probably going to win a game, you know, maybe upset the Rams, the Niners in, in a divisional game. Um but like you said, a team that's not really playing for much this year. Um, but another quarterback news, Steelers announced that quarterback Mitch Trubisky will be the team's starting quarterback to open the season against the Super Bowl runner-up Cincinnati Bengals, despite a late push from rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett, who's expected to take over the starting role at some point this year. Um, you know, I'm not surprised Pickett made the run 
at the end, kind of towards the end of the camp, because uh, he kind of got more settled into the offense and the in the system and just the team in the NFL. Um, you know, the reports were that Pickett was exactly what I thought he was going to be, um, a guy who who was going to make a push for the job, but he you know, probably wasn't ready from day one. But feel they feel like he could play day one and be okay, but they don't want to rush him into it. So if I had to, if I had to guess, I don't know. I think the Steelers have a week eight bye because I have Najee Harris on one of my fantasy teams. I'm pretty sure it's a week eight bye. Um, so I would bet by by after the bye week, um, at the latest, pick is the starter. Um, if he was this close in week one, I imagine by week nine he's there um, when they're off the bye, if not sooner than that. Um, but I'm not shocked here with, with Mitch, Mitch Trubisky being a starter. It's the safe role or kind of the safe move to go with right now. You don't want to throw Pickett to the fire if he's not quite ready yet, um, even if he's maybe a little bit better than Trubisky. I don't know if they're playing for a Super Bowl this year. I think they'd rather – uh, let, let Pickett grow a little bit more, um, be ready for that role, and then kind of go from there and maybe have a high draft pick, load up a little young talent on that team with, that desperately needs some young talent. Definitely. I think this is the right move for the Steelers right now. Um, like you said, they're kind of in a transition period. You know, the defense is really good um, outside of the linebacking group and uh, the corners. But, I mean, you have a good defense – you have a really disruptive D-line in that defense, and you have a younger offense where a lot of guys have, have never played before. A young O-line, obviously the quarterback situation, both guys really aren't that experienced in terms of getting starter reps. And then the receivers, they're all really young. Uh, Deontay Johnson is the oldest, and he's been in the league four years. So you're kind of looking for a year of these guys to gel together and then kind of build up more chemistry through the year and through next offseason, getting geared up for next season, which would be even more competitive in the AFC North. I think the Steelers, once they kind of lock down who their quarterback of the future is going to be, then they'll be kind of more competing for more than they are now, obviously. But it'll be fun to see how that plays out down the season and if they can compete at all. Yeah, I don't think you're right. I think hey, there's some talent on this team. It's just, um, you know, a lot of young, some young talent at, at skill positions and some old talent at a lot of the trench spots, but um, nonetheless, that you know they're gonna they've got, they've got the pieces to be successful. Lunch, and I think um, you know they they're a team that could maybe make a you know a late push in the in regular season, kind of like this year uh, for a playoff spot with you know Mike Tomlin at the helm. But um, other Steelers quarterback on the roster, Mason Rudolph, is drawing some trade interest. Likely, just that contract is minimal. Um, he's probably a solid backup. He survived some serious head trauma from Miles Garrett that one time when he got rocked with that helmet. Um, so, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me. They don't need three quarterbacks on that roster. They're not going to have to carry all three of those guys. Um, they, I mean, they can carry three, but they don't need Mason Rudolph to be their third. They can get a lower-grade a lower grade quarterback in there. Um, and then another quarterback trade news that uh, 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo has not had any trade interest. Um, doesn't shock me. That contract is hideous. Um, you know, I think he's better than, than Geno Smith, who's starting quarterback. I think he's probably better than Baker Mayfield, but his contract is terrible. It, it's almost untrade forable right now, just with the money he's, he's getting paid this year. And, um, you know, I guess if you, if the 49ers are agreeing to take all of it on, but I think if they're going to trade him, they don't want to take every, all, every dollar of that contract on. So, um, you know, interesting what happens there. I think he's probably going to be on the roster for week one. I guess if anything happens to Trey Lance. Jimmy G goes in. I don't. I don't know what that relationship looks like. I know there really hadn't been much communication there in the past few weeks. He's kind of been in and out. Um, I honestly don't know if he's been at camp. I really haven't followed Four Niners camp that much, but it's been really busy. Um, but uh, you know, who knows? 
really not really not sure what's going on there, but um, I don't think he's going to get traded. That contract is just terrible. It's just like I said, it's almost untradeable. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's always interesting when you have a quarterback like that and you want to ride with a young guy and he's just stuck there with the contract. Um, so luckily he will not be gone until he's a free agent. Um, but to round out the player news before we get to some injuries and then some tech news, the Las Vegas Raiders, they released their running back Kenyon Drake as he's kind of bouncing around places recently after failing to find a trade partner for him. Um, they are expected to do the same with last year's first round pick offensive lineman Alex Leatherwood. Uh, their string of bad first round picks continue, and it's just really interesting to see this play out the way it has the past few years for the Raiders as they just cannot seem to hit on a first or second rounder really and kind of get stuck in a rut. I mean, Josh Jacobs was their last good pick and he hasn't done much in the past couple of years. So be interesting to see what the Raiders can do. Obviously they have a really good roster this year still, and they should be competitive. I don't know if they will be, uh, but yeah, definitely kind of a big headline from yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, the Kane and Drake thing, they just the contract wasn't really going to be tradable um, for a running back of his kind of caliber at this point in his career. Um, and the Alex Otherwood thing is kind of kind of confusing to me. I, I know that he had a really bad rookie year. They tried him to tackle, and it just did not work at all. Um, Jilly was turning him into a turnstile in week four, and that was the last tackle he played for the most part that year, moving the guard. Um, I just don't know why they're giving up on him so early. I get he's not, you know, maybe he doesn't start this year, but let him sit in the wings for another year or two. Don't. I mean, you got the dead money. He's already getting paid. You're going to have the dead money on your cap anyways if you cut him. So, um, but yeah, kind of shocking. Like you said, the, the string of bad first-round picks kind of continues for them. Um, you, know, you mentioned jo- Josh Jacobs being really the last solid pick they have, and they're not they're, they're not going to bring him back, I don't think. And it's going to be a similar situation to like Melvin Gordon with the Chargers a few years ago where, um, you know, they'd like to have him back at a cheap price, but I don't think he's going to be willing to take the price they want him at, and he probably isn't going to go elsewhere. Um just kind of the vibe I'm getting from the situation, kind of the all off season. That's kind of the vibe that was coming out from there. And the camps just really couldn't find any middle ground. So, um, but yeah, not, not a, not a great situation going, over, going on over there for the Bears with their, you know, their rookies and their first round draft picks. Um, you know, we'll see if that continues in the future. I know they don't have a pick this year, they don't have a pick next year, but um, you know, we'll see in the next couple of years that kind of continues, but we'll kind of move into some injury news uh, that kind of happened this past week. I'll start off the Chargers star cornerback J.C. Jackson underwent minor ankle a minor ankle procedure on Tuesday and is expected to miss uh, two to four weeks only, uh, meaning it most will miss a couple games. Um, just the timeline of the surgery. Apparently, it's like an issue he was born with, um, kind of discomfort he's always had throughout his career. Um, didn't bother him last year. Uh, didn't really bother him this offseason. Then he got into training camp, bothered him the first couple of weeks. He played through the scrimmage with the Cowboys um, didn't get any better. So they opted to have the procedure now as opposed to midseason. Um, he could be back week one. I don't think he's going to be. I think they're going to just, this team's been really cautious with injuries. They've been very, um, they've erred on the side of waiting to have guys back and not rushing guys back and getting him re-injured. Um, so I think he probably misses game one. I think he's back for game two against the chiefs. Um, but again, it's a minor procedure. It was a scope. So it was just a little cleanup. It wouldn't nothing. It was nothing. They didn't open up his ankle and open up his leg um laparoscopic or whatever you want to call it. I forget the correct medical term is for it but it's basically you know as about as small of an incision as, of an incision as you're going to get um so good news there for him it was all minor it was all really good news coming out um it's going to be better for him long term um so all in all it sucks he's maybe going to miss week one against the Raiders but um 
you know, it's probably best for him long-term, best for the team as well. Yeah, no, uh, taking injuries uh, cautiously and easing guys back into it is definitely the right way to go. I know the Ravens just had a ridiculous amount of injuries last year, and they've kind of revamped their offseason um, procedures and protocols uh, in comparison to the past few years. And while they have a couple injuries right now, uh, Ronnie Stanley, the all-pro left tackle, who missed all of last season but week one, uh, he passed his physical yesterday, and he will now begin a ramp-up period in practice. He will likely miss week one, but be ready for the home opener in week two. About expected. Some people thought we may never see him play again, um, so this is definitely good news. Good to see, especially um, with arguably your best player. Um, obviously, he's not going to return all-pro form right when he gets back. It's definitely going to take some time. Um, but looking good, I mean, he he's only played two games since he signed that deal back in October of 2020 that made him the highest paid offensive lineman at the time. Uh, so definitely good to have him back. Hopefully he stays back on the field. And I mean, he might be out week two, but likely will be back. And that'll be his debut uh, since last year's opening game. Definitely good to see guys like him back on the field. Like you said, kind of had a rough injury stretch since signing that big contract. Um, absolutely worthy of it. I think when he's healthy, he's – you know, a top five left tackle in football. Um, but it's just, you know, you got to get healthy, got to get in the field. But um, hopefully, you know, let him wear us week one and get him back week two and be healthy and hopefully plays all season. I think he's a big key to, to what the Ravens want to accomplish and the talent they have on that roster. They've got some real potential, but I don't think they can reach that without, without a guy like Ronnie Stanley and other guys as well. But a guy like him of his caliber, got to have him to, to be at your best um, and make the run. But uh, another offensive tackle news, shifted over to a rookie tackle here. Saints rookie Trevor Penning suffered a case of turf toe yesterday's game, preseason game, and Penning will have to take some time away. Probably a couple of weeks. Um, probably a, sounds like a pretty severe case of turf toe. I'm going to have to take a week or two off. Um, it makes sense, though, in mean, the stance that he's going to be in every time. He's going to have his feet up and be on the balls of his feet. Um, so, you know, it's just how it's going to be. Uh, it's a pretty easy to recover from, though, if you take a couple of weeks off and just rest and not do anything, get the splint going on your foot, on your big toe, you'll be fine. Um but I don't know if they're going to miss him. I don't think he's going to start week one anyways, so it's not really going to affect their their team as much, I don't think, to be honest. The guy's been a kind of a toxic individual there so far, which no one's shocked by, I don't think. But, um, you know, if he doesn't play, less 15-yard penalties for the team probably. And um, obviously never want to, get, want to see a guy get hurt. Um, but I don't think it's going to really affect their team. He wasn't going to start week one anyways, so um, or week two for that matter. So, um, you know, shouldn't affect them too much this season early on. Yeah, like you said, I don't see this having much of an effect on their performance early in the season. Um, you know, they, they're in a good spot right now. They kind of did a lot with what they had this past offseason, first-year head coach, and their defense is looking good. Uh, they redid their secondary, and then you have Winston back, who's healthy. Should be exciting to see how they do. Uh, we'll get into our predictions in the standings at the end of the episode, but nonetheless, looking forward to see, looking forward to see how the Saints perform this year. And as we continue down the injury news real quick, Panther, Panthers D-tackle Derek Brown, he suffered a minor oblique strain last night. Shouldn't be out too long, but definitely a productive guy on the interior of that D-line for the Panthers. Yeah, busy morning in the Panthers, Panthers training room. Um, Sam Darnold had a little ankle sprain last night, a high ankle sprain. Having an MRI currently, uh, probably going to get some news out of you know, how, how severe it is. Uh, you know, he's going to miss time, that kind of thing, probably this afternoon, I would assume. Um, 
you know, again, he's not going to be the starter right now, so it shouldn't affect them too terribly. Uh, but if Baker was to go down, uh, Matt Corral's already out for the year with a lens frame. I forgot what I need. We forgot to put that on the dock, but on our, on our planning sheet. But uh, rookie quarterback for the Panthers, Matt Corral, lens frame. Uh, injury to his foot gonna be done the whole year it sounds like um sucks for i really i feel really bad for the guy i was i was a matt corral believer for all the listeners that were listening to the mock draft mondays uh during the draft season i'm a big matt corral guy i thought he was a really solid prospect um definitely could potential future quarterback for them but he's out for the year so this is a depth issue for them if baker was to get hurt i don't know who's gonna go in in week you know one through three if, if Darnold's gonna miss time um usually a high ankle sprain is a little worse than a low ankle sprain um, so we'll see what the MRI says. Obviously, we've got to wait for the results, wait for them to announce it, all that stuff. It's usually delayed a couple hours, you know, two to six hours, usually delayed. Once you get results, they got to go over the team with doctors, with agents, then they got to release it. So um, hopefully we'll get, you know, news today, this afternoon on what Darnold's status is in the ankle, but hopefully it's not a serious injury. Yeah, I mean, Baker was already named the starter, so it doesn't really impact Darnold's stock this year too much, uh, but it is – tough to see you know they had three quarterbacks that could have been a starter a few weeks ago and now they're only down to one the guy that they just brought in a few weeks ago so we'll see if they make any moves try to bring in a young guy uh, to back up Baker for the season but Raiders star tight end Darren Waller he's listed day-to-day with a little hamstring issue and could potentially miss their week one matchup against the Chargers Um, not for sure yet but nonetheless uh, one of the better guys in the league is dealing with a minor injury across the league. We haven't had too many major injuries to this point. Um, but yeah, just a lot of nagging issues for the, for these guys. Yeah. I think yeah, I saw it was kind of on the, kind of on the low, wasn't like a majorly reported thing, but um, a couple Raiders reporters from camp and had noticed he wasn't practicing. Um, you know, he's listed as day to day. They're kind of monitoring the situation. I think he's probably going to be done practicing for the rest of training camp. There's really no need for that guy to keep practicing right now. If he's banged up, um, you know, sit, watch, watch tape, learn. That's all he's got really got to do at the start of the year. So, um, you know, I, I think he's going to play week one. I, I would bet he does. It's maybe a limited role potentially. But I think just having him out there with Devontae and with Renfro is, you know, he, he poses a matchup problem and it forces the Chargers to have to put Derwin James over him, whether or not he's actually going to run a route and catch a ball. It still presents a matchup problem for anybody they're playing. So uh, I, I think he's going to be out there again, probably a limited role potentially, depending on how that hamstring looks in the next few days. But he's also got, you know, 10 plus days to kind of recover and get healthy there. So um, definitely got some time. Or I guess to actually really has full two, two, a two, a full two weeks. Um, so as long as he kind of gets healthy, gets rested up, he should be good to go for week one. Um, another guy who's probably going to miss the first couple of games, uh, Seahawks rookie running back, Kenneth Walker, the third, uh, probably going to miss the first one to two, maybe three games after having surgery to repair what is assumed to be a hernia. It was never confirmed that it was hernia surgery, I don't think, but that's what everyone kind of, kind of the rumor that came out was and, um, you know, kind of got picked up and ran with by NFL media. So I thought, I'm going to assume that's what it was. Um, I don't know what else surgery would be for. Apparently he had he'd been dealing with some pain for a while, um, didn't really realize what it was, and they got the MRI done or ultrasound or whatever it is to diagnose a hernia, um, to kind of for sure diagnose that. Um, Got the surgery to repair it. Uh, should be back. You know, he could play week one. He, I, I'm betting he doesn't. I bet he, they take it slow with him. He's They've invested a high pick in him um, in the second round. So you want to keep that guy healthy, keep him on the field for the most of the season. So, um, you know, Rashad Penny stock up first couple of weeks probably in fantasy football. But for the season, Kenneth Walker, um, you know, still should be good to go. 
Um, I'm a big Kenneth Walker fan. I was a big fan of his at Michigan State coming from Wake Forest. Um, so hopefully he's back on the field healthy pretty soon. Um, you know, I love all the I love still the young guys and the rookies do well. So really pulling for Kenneth Walker to get back on the field healthy pretty soon. Definitely. Now we're going to transition to a couple um, official designations on a few guys across the league. Going to start with the PUP list, which is the physically unable to perform list. And once guys are placed on it starting yesterday, I believe they are required to miss at least the first four weeks, which is four games of the season as there's no bye weeks yet. And just a couple of pass rushers on the list right now. Um, Commanders, edge rusher, Chase Young. We have the Ravens edge rusher, Tyus Bowser, and then Gus Edwards from the Ravens. Running back will be on the list as well as he just tore his Achilles um, somewhere to Tyus Bowser, I assume. The Ravens also placed David Ajabo on that list as he is recovering from an Achilles as well. Um, so hopefully, you know, week five or so when the Ravens face the Bengals, um, they'll be at full strength. They may have a couple guys out just from minor things, but hopefully not too bad this year. Um, but those are the guys that have to miss the first four games of the season. And then we will go from there to see how their rehab is going. Yeah, not not a ton of big names in the pup list. I know Bakhtiari got off the pup list about five, six days ago. Um, some other guys kind of got off of it. I know Michael Gallup was they thought he may be on it to start the year, but sounds like he's probably not going to. They're just gonna kind of rock with it and see if he can even play this entire season. Um so yeah, I mean it's really good to see. Usually you have a bunch of big names in the pup list start the year, and um, we don't this year. So, you know, you got you know, Chase Young's kind of the biggest name on the list. Gus Edwards, Ty Bowser is um, you know, known names to uh, you know, football fans, I think, NFL fans, um, the casual fan probably doesn't know those guys, but um, most people, most somewhat hardcore fans in the NFL are going to know those guys. Um, so, but again, really good to see there's no big name guys in the list. And then the NFL list slash reserve list is basically just like guys who were injured that you want to have on the injured list, but you don't want to have them on like you. I don't really remember what the exact designation for this is. It's very similar to the pup list. Um, I can't remember what the – do you remember what it is? Because this is new. The whole NFL reserve list is kind of new. This is like a new – I think the past couple of years I added this. Um, I don't know what the exact difference is between the pup list and this list. I think you can bring the guy off the list before week four and he can play. Um, but the only big-name guy on this list is Jameson Williams, rookie receiver for the for the Lions. Um, no shock. He was going to miss the first couple of games, come off the ACL tear in January. Um but he should be healthy by week, you know, six, seven, good to go. I think they're going to slow play it with him. They don't need him back this year. They're not playing for a ring, not playing for the playoff spot. Um, you know, despite what all people on Hard Knocks want to tell you, they're not playing for a playoff spot this year. So they're going to take it slow with JMO. They invested a lot of capital in him. They traded up to get him. So uh, best to slow play with him and get him back when he's ready. Definitely. I uh, I know the reservists, I think it came out when COVID started. Yeah. And it's kind of a list that you can put guys – put them on, take them off pretty easily as in comparison to the pup list is a little more uh, permanent and it's uh, has to be at least a certain amount of time, I believe. But that's pretty much it that we have for y'all in terms of injury and player news. Now we're going to transition to some Texas tech football news and some NFL divisional previews before wrapping up the episode with an ice bath. Uh, Cause we didn't get to it on Tuesday. We are going to normally do the ice baths on Tuesday, but today, for the first Friday episode, we are going to have an ice bath. Uh, but starting it out here, Texas Tech announced their QB1 this past week. They elected to give senior QB Tyler Shuck the keys to start the season. 
he will start the season opener on September 3rd versus Murray State, and then he will go from there. Um, whether he keeps the job or not, I guess, is up to how he plays. If he's doing his job against Murray State, we're going to see all three quarterbacks play. Um, also, if he's not doing his job, I mean, he might get benched pretty quickly. But I know both of us, along with many others, didn't really want this to happen. Um, we know that he got it likely because he has a couple years on the other two guys, uh, being Donovan Smith and Baron Morton, who are both uh, Donovan is a sophomore, Baron is a redshirt freshman. Uh, many thought the redshirt freshman Baron Morton would have the job as the offseason was coming to a close. It looked like he was being most productive in camp, and he throws the best ball out of the whole room. Um, so although Shuck does have the experience, turnovers were a serious issue last year, and he didn't have any meaningful wins for us uh, that he started. You look at even going against um, SFA, I believe it was. I think he threw a pick six in his own red zone. Um, he didn't play great against Houston. That was really just the defense in the second half that won the game. And Eric. Um, Eric went off for like, what, six right. for 180. So yeah. that was throw that was throw it up to Eric game. And then he got doubled all year and Chuck couldn't do anything. Yep. Um, but even the quarterback that Tech had last year, Henry Columbia, had a big win against West Virginia in Morgantown. Uh, he transferred to Marshall this past offseason, so no longer a part of the program. Uh, the other QB, Donovan Smith, he had a huge win at home versus a ranked Iowa State team at the time, uh, which was a wild game. Tech was up the whole game. Iowa State tied it, and Tech won on a 62-yard field goal. Um, and after that win, a couple weeks later, he led the team to a bowl win in Memphis versus Mississippi State, who was favored by a little bit, and Tech beat him by 27, I believe it was. But the knock against Smith is that he doesn't throw a great ball, especially deep, oftentimes either underthrown or overthrown, and leads to interceptions. Most wanted Morton to win the job. He's the most polished. He throws the ball, most well-rounded. And while Donovan and Shuck are a little bit more mobile, especially Donovan, uh, Morton is more than mobile enough to you know get out of the pocket throw on the run and stuff like that and gain some yards when you need it. So there wasn't really a knock against Morton not starting. And obviously we're not at every practice. We're not making the decisions and we're not into the minds of the players and stuff like that. So we don't really know entirely, but this is just based off kind of what has been seen across really everything. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it'll be wait to see how Shuck performs. I mean, if he's won the job over these two guys based off how things have sounded this off season, then, He's vastly improved from last year. Whether he actually has or not, I guess we'll see. Probably when we play Houston or NC State, I'm not, not going to really make any decisions off a of game versus Murray State unless we lose. Then I'm going to be like, yeah, we're screwed. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'm just looking forward to having football go into the game next Saturday as three of our first four games are at home here in Lubbock. And I'm, I'm pulling for Shuck. I mean, he won the job for a reason. He's put in work this offseason. He's said – uh, many times that he really enjoys the revamped culture here uh, in the football program. And I think it'll pay dividends for the guys, not only that are in the program, but the guys that will be entering it in the coming years. Yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing with Shuck getting the job, I think he's probably the safest bet. Um, you know, I think the thing with Morton is there's no game experience. So um, you don't really know what you're going to get in games. Sometimes I, I think based off the spring game alone, I thought Morton had the best. We talked about it plenty of times in the pod. But more than not the best spring game. The, the biggest thing was Shuck that I wanted to see in the spring game that I didn't was the processor was a little bit slow. Now again, that was that was in what April? We're in August now. We had an entire summer, so um, you know Shuck looked the best in the scrimmages against the defense. So I'm going to trust Joey on this one. Um, you know I, he said all three quarterbacks are going to play equally against Murray State. 
I would personally like to see whoever plays the best against Murray State be the starter against Houston and kind of go from there, um, which could very well happen. I have no idea. I'll, I do know that, um, you know, regardless of who the, who the starter is week two against Houston, Donovan Smith is going to be on the field when there is a starter. He's like, you're fourth and one on the 40. You're going for it. And if we're going to run quarterback power or read option or whatever. Why are you going to have the six foot five, 245 pound quarterback on the, on the sideline? Get him in for short yards. Get him on the goal line. Um, you know, even Joey says, like, we're going to run quarterback power this year. It's going to happen. How are we not going to utilize that guy and his skill set and his body? So, um, you know, he's going to be on the field. You know, I think Morton, Chuck, one of those guys would be the odd man out this year. If I had to bet at this point, it's probably going to be Morton. Um, again, it's just game experience. Um, you know, he's also got the most eligibility left of all these guys. Uh, I think he's probably the starting quarterback next year um, when Chuck's out. Um, but, you know, it's also a good problem to have. You know, if some guy gets hurt. I mean, Chuck got hurt last year against Texas. Um, and heck, Columbia had to go in and just didn't look very pretty for a while. Uh, I know so obviously Donovan went in, um, looked really good uh, against Mississippi State and against um, Iowa State. But, um, you know, it's good. It's a good problem to have. You have guys in the wings in case that guy does get hurt. Um, I mean, you saw what happened with Carolina Panthers. They went from having three quarterbacks to potentially start to, to one right now. So um, always good to have. You know, depth at the quarterback position, especially in college football. Um, you know, I think there's going to be packages for all three of these guys, especially in the first few weeks. Um, but looking forward to seeing it, though. I, I love tech football. I'm glad it's back. Um, yeah, I love going to the Jones. There's no better place sometimes. And, you know, I think the Houston game is going to be rocking. I think it's going to be, I believe it's a 7 p.m. kick. Night game with the Jones is going to be packed. It's Joey's first real home opener. I know Murray State's the first game, but, you know, that's UH is a budding rival, especially with the Dana. Dana Paulerson last year. Um, it was a great game last year in Houston. It needs to be a great game again this year in Lubbock. Um, I'm looking forward to it. But kind of with, with the season getting kicked off with the Red Raiders, they had their kickoff luncheon yesterday for the first time since 2019, obviously missing the last two due to COVID. Um, during the event, the new hype video for the new stadium renovations were, was released. Uh, I didn't end up seeing it late last night. I was at work yesterday, but I did see it. Um, it looks pretty sweet. There's also announced that there's over 8,000 new season ticket holders for the upcoming season, which is a Huge testament to the culture that has already changed with Joey McGuire. Obviously, the ha- game hasn't been played yet, and we can't anoint this guy, you know, Nick, uh, Nick Saban, because um, he hasn't coached a game yet. But um, I think what he's done with this program and the culture um, without even playing a game yet is is nothing short of incredible um, and nothing short of, um, you know, something that's that's, that's admirable. And, um, you know, whether or not he, he wins a lot of games this year, I don't think it's going to change the outlook on the program, the outlook on the team. Um, for those, you know, for fans, people looking in um, on the outside, I think it's it's obviously a work in progress. No one's asking Tech to go be a 10-1 team this year. They're asking them to be a little bit better and go win another bowl game. Um, you know, it's about a, it's a culture change, not going to be overnight. But um, I think that's a huge testament to what Joey's done so far. And like I said, it's nothing short of incredible. And um, as someone, as a student going to Tech right now who, you know, was here during our freshman year when we were terrible and that team was ugly with Matt Wells and even last year during the kind of the dog days, um, yeah, they were blowing games left and right and kind of brought it back when 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 um, Cumbie got announced the interim head coach. I think it's really cool to see kind of this culture change go on. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what Joey brings to this program, not just this year, uh, but in the next few years. Definitely. Uh, I watched the recorded live stream of the lunch in about a little over an hour yesterday. And it was really intriguing to see, you know, all the coaches were there. They had the track coach. Uh, they had. All, of course, the AD, uh, associate AD and the president. And then they also had soccer coach, volleyball coach and stuff like that. Uh, and they're all just 
praising Joey McGuire. Obviously, the luncheon was kind of for him, a kickoff of the football season. Um, hundreds of people in attendance, mainly members of the Red Raider Club, as there were about 100 new members of the Red Raider Club yesterday due to the luncheon. Uh, but basically, uh, it seems like they're, I mean, everyone's fired up for it. They all spoke on how they haven't felt this energy around here in a while. You said the Houston game is going to be mobbed. I, I think the Murray State game could be packed. I know last year when we had non-conference, I know last year was a completely different culture. But, I mean, even the SFA game, and I think we had another home game before the first conference home game. Yeah. But I, I, or it was FIU, right? FAU, yeah. FAU. FAU. I, think, I think, you know, the, those games last year were probably about uh, a little over half capacity. I think Murray State could be close to full, honestly, uh, just with first being, being the first game everything that's happened since we last played. I mean, you look at last year, we were seven and six, including the bowl victory. We were really, I mean, we were close. We really could have beat Baylor down at this end. Uh, and I think we had another close loss. So K-State. this year I'll be happy. Yep. K-State. I'll be happy this year with seven wins uh, again, if we win a bowl game. Now, if we go seven and five and then lose a bowl game, I won't be happy. Uh, but I say a bowl game win this year. I'll be happy with anything that or greater. Um, will be an impressive first season because when you look at the guys, I mean, this is an experienced roster. Tech didn't lose a ton of guys. Obviously lost more on the defense than the offense uh, with really only losing Azukama on the offense. Tech's O-line is way better than last year or the year before, um, which should be huge for, you know, whoever ends up being the quarterback for the season. Right now it's Shuck, but I'm looking forward to it. I think you're going to see a very different offense with Zach Kittley uh, going to be airing it out a little more and using Taj Brooks in the flats a little bit more frequently, hopefully. Should be nice to see uh, maybe finally getting back to being a ranked team here in the next few years uh, would be exciting, especially with the new conference. Coming to shape is going to be a lot more competitive. Teams are going to be fighting um, more teams for the same amount of spots, but that's pretty much all we got uh, for Texas Tech stuff. Just giving a little update. Now we are going to hit y'all with a NFL divisional preview. Uh, we're going to go with each East, North, South, and then West division. We're going to talk about the four teams that we have in each division, where they will finish within the division. And then after we talk about all of that, we're going to say which teams make the playoffs with which seed. We are similar on a lot of these, uh, different on a few. I'm going to start it off with the NFC East, and then you're going to do your NFC East, and then you can kick off the AFC, and we'll kind of alternate through. Pretty quickly cool. here. Uh, so fourth, I'm gonna, I got the Giants finishing last in the NFC East. I just don't expect much from them, um, especially with Thibodeau being out. I know it's he's not going to be out for a long time, but um, I definitely expect them to not have a great year, especially with how the rest of the teams in their division have gotten better. Uh, commanders don't really know. I mean, once is going to be their quarterback for now. They have Sam Howell as well, which is always a good plan to have. Um, but I don't see him doing much this year, especially against the Cowboys and Eagles. They just have never been a very good team in the division. Um, number two, I got the Cowboys. Um, not really much to say. I mean, the Cowboys, I kind of expect the same from them each year. Uh, fairly consistent, but never a team that's going to get you more than nine or ten wins, I think. Number one's the Eagles. Um, I like Jalen Hurts. I don't know if he's going to be the guy long term. But I definitely think the moves they made in this offseason were really good. They had won a top three draft class. Uh, you know, Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, they brought in A.J. Brown with technically their first round pick or they got a first round pick for him. Um, but I'm excited to see how the Eagles play. Um, I don't like Philly as a city, but I like the Eagles. 
and I don't really have anything against them, so to speak. Uh, but I just think the Eagles are the best team out of those four, and I think they're going to be productive this first year kind of with, you know, head coach got a little more experience, and I think as a team they're going to have better chemistry this season. Uh, with all the young guys coming in, I think it's going to be a more young player-driven team. You have Darius Slay kind of leading it. Um, but other than that, there's not too many old guys on that team. Um, so it'll be fun to see how it goes. Just a really good young group of players that I think is going to take them to the division title. Yeah, we have the same kind of finish here. Um, I won't go too crazy in depth on these guys and sort of hit on them, but the Giants at four. I just think they're they're a super talented roster at the moment. I think they have a lot of young guys, uh, some questions at quarterback. Do they bring Saquon back or not? That kind of thing. I don't love the secondary. So, um, you know, I think they're going to finish fourth. They, it's going to be close to them, the commanders at three. I just like the commanders defense a little bit better. I think um, a little more stable offense as well. A little more, more of a sure thing you're going to have. Scary Terry. I like Jahan Dotson a lot. Um, Gibson's done a better year than last year. I think he, you know, hopefully he cleans up the fumbles, um, put him in there at three. And then at Cowboys at two. Um, you know, I just I, – I didn't think he'd be better than the Eagles this year, to be honest. I think the defense isn't going to be as good. I don't think Trayvon Diggs has the same kind of year with the picks. Um, you know, he's going to give up the same amount of yards. I just don't think he's going to get that lucky with interceptions this year. Um, I, don't, I don't think teams are going to sleep on Micah Parsons as much either. I think he, he's a great player. He's a generational talent. But I don't know if he's going to have 15 sacks again almost. I just – I think teams are going to scheme towards him more and, and force Demarcus Lawrence to get to, to get to the quarterback. Um, I think they kind of did the opposite last year, and I think that um, you know, teams are going to scheme a little more towards Micah this year than they would than they did last year. Um, and I just don't know what that offense line is going to look with no with no Tyron Smith anymore done for the year. It's a big blow to that offensive line. Tyler Smith's not starting, I don't think, right now. Um, he's going to take some time to get up to speed. I don't think he was a day one starter anyways as a prospect. Um, so it's going to be tough. I mean, I don't know they have CD, but that receiver core is kind of banged up. So uh, having them at two there. And then at one with the Eagles, I think they have the best roster in the division. They have the most well-rounded roster. Really good offensive line. I'm a Jalen Hurts believer. I think he's the quarterback of the future for them. Um, obviously, he's not going to be a guy that's going to throw the ball for 5,000 yards every season, but he's going to he's going to run for 1,000 probably or close to 1,000. If you if you, if you you want to run the offense that way, he can. Um, he's going to run for, you know, a few scores, throw for a few scores. Um like I gave a better running back in there, I think a little a little more stable running back. But I love the addition of AJ Brown, what he can do in the run game, what he can do in the pass game. I love Devontae Smith. I think he's a great compliment to AJ. Um, Dallas Goddard's obviously still there, so really like that team. Really like that roster. I think it's probably the most slept on roster in the league. I think they're going to make some noise this year um, in the in the playoffs. I think they're going to give some teams some fits and maybe make a little run to to the championship game. I guess the NFC championship game rather. Um, but I'll get the AFC East going here. I'll kick it off in the AFC. Uh, in the East, I got the Jets at four. Um, yeah, this is a rebuilding year. Zach Wilson's still the second year guy. I think he's got you know strides to make, but he's going to be probably going to be out the first couple of weeks. So, um, you know, Joe Flacco's in there. You know, I know Joe's not elite like he used to be. Um, you know, so I just you know he's an old guy. He's like what 40, 41 now. He's thirty eight. So um, he's just not not a good quarterback anymore. Um, you know, they got steps to take on that defense. A lot of young talent, but. Young talent usually means a lot of mistakes, a lot of sloppy play. So we'll see how that goes for them. Um, number three, I got the Dolphins. I just don't know if they're going to be better than the Pats, to be honest. It's, it's going to be tight between those two teams. I almost have the Dolphins at two. I just, I don't know if I believe in Tua yet. I don't know if I believe in that offense. That offensive line is still not very good. Um, you know, the running game is not going to be incredible. Um, I just don't know if I trust Tua to have time to get the ball to guys like Tyree Kill and Jalen Wall downfield. Um, it's going to be tough with that offensive line all year, I think. So hopefully. I'm, I'm pulling for two. I'm not rooting against him. So I hope he does well. But, um, and then I got the Pats at two. 
just kind of standard there. I'm not, it's going to be the pattern to make the playoffs. Um, it's going to be managing games with Mac Jones, playing some solid defense in a bad division, but not enough to get it done in the AFC. And then at one, I got the Bills. Um, I don't know if they're the best team in football, but they are in the easiest division in football. So uh, I think they get the easy pass to the playoffs here. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, a little bit different here. Before I do have the Jets, I think kind of uncertainty across that roster. But I think they're, you know, going to have a productive year for Jets standards. I think that they'll be have a positive outlook on next season. And I know they do it this season, um, but with Zach Wilson down, you know, Joe Flacco, like you said, um, obviously can have a good game every now and then, but not like he was. Uh, number three, I got the Patriots. I think they're going to be productive, but I just like what the Dolphins have done a little bit better. You know, the Patriots kind of had a rough draft. Taquan Thornton, their second-round receiver, is out. Um, Cole Strange has played well uh, at guard and center, but I don't know what that O-line is going to look like, and I don't know how that overall defense is going to play with McCourty retiring, I think, is going to have a bigger impact than people think. Number two, I got the Dolphins. Um, I really like what they did this offseason. Regardless, I don't know if two is the guy yet or not. I want to see after this season. As I normally like to see three seasons before I make a decision, um, but I definitely want to see him take a step here, especially with that wide receiver group that's looking pretty good. Um, their defense is okay. Um, can have a good game every now and then, but I can also lose you a game pretty easily. And then number one, the Bills. Obviously, um, it should be the most surefire division pick in the NFL. Um, they're looking good, and I think that it's just their division to lose, really. Um, they have all the guys to do it. They almost did it last year. And I think it's, like I said, they should win the division pretty easily by three games, maybe. Um, we're going to shift to the NFC North here. Um, I have the Bears at four. I think they just aren't a really well-run team right now uh, with Roquan Smith not wanting to play there. He will play the season and earn himself a contract after the season, likely elsewhere. Uh, but the Bears just don't have enough certainty within that organization, I think. You have Fields, but you still don't know if Fields is the guy. Uh, you have Mooney, but other than that, you really don't have too many guys. Number three, I got the Lions. I really like what they did last year. Uh, they could have been a lot better, you know, if they won the close games. They pretty much lost every close game. So I think they could be good. I think they could end up being second in the division, uh, whether I think it actually happens. I don't think it will. Uh, but number two, I got the Vikings. Overall, just like kind of a consistent franchise and never really too bad or too good. Kind of just always right, like an average team can sneak into the playoffs every now and then. It was kind of between them and the Eagles last year for that last spot. And I'm going to go with the Vikings at two here. I think they will have the job. They will have all the tools to get the job done. Number one, the Packers, uh, despite losing Devontae Adams, they still have Aaron Rodgers, and they should be winning that division pretty handily with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback, so I think that'll happen. Um, kind of have a younger roster around him now, and outside of Randall Cobb and stuff, I mean, you have Sammy Watkins. But other than that, it's a lot of young guys, Christian Watson. I think all those guys will gel together pretty well, and they should be able to form pretty good chemistry there in the first couple of weeks. I think there might be – they might not start out too hot, but – they should get hot towards the end of the season. Yeah, same order. I'm not going to spend too much time here. Bears, um, just not enough time on that team. They're going to be really bad. They might be picking first overall. Uh, Lions, similar deal. They're just a lot of young talent. Um, I like what they did a lot this offseason like you. Um, it's just they don't have enough talent yet. They're too young right now to be 
you know, pushed for a division. Uh, Vikings at two again, uh, consistent. They've got one of the best players in football in Justin Jefferson. The guy's an absolute monster. Um, probably his league in receiving yards this year, just sheer volume alone. Um, and then one, I have, the, I have the Packers, maybe the best defense in football this year. They've got a really good defense, really slept on. Um, if it wasn't for, you know, AFC East and NFC North, probably the worst two divisions in football right now. Um, maybe the AFC South as well, but Packers are easy to win this division um, just based off talent alone at quarterback. And then to go with that defense is really good. But um, like I said, I'm not going to dwell on that too much since you have the same order as me. I'll go to the AFC North here. Um, at four, I have the Steelers. I just don't think that roster is good enough at quarterback and the offense is just not that good yet. Um, the offensive line is still not very good. Um, they're going to lean heavily on Najee, lean heavily on, on Deontay and, and Chase Claypool. Um, so it's going to be tough for them. I think two quarterbacks this year is all not going to be easy. Um, it's going to be rough for me. Kenny's a rookie. Mitch is not very good. Um, so it's going to be rough here for them with that three. I got the Browns. Obviously, Deshaun's not playing for the first 11 games. Um, don't think there's going to go well for them, to be honest. I'm not seeing a lot of wins there with Jacoby at the helm. I know they have a really talented roster outside of, of, of the quarterback position, but um, you just don't. I don't know if he's going to get it done in a lot of games in the AFC. You've got to have a good quarterback play to win in the AFC, especially in that division um, with the Bengals and Ravens ahead of them. So uh, I think they they don't make the playoffs, I don't think, this year. I don't think that the 11 games is too much to overcome late in the year. Um, but uh, definitely next year looking for them to contend for a Super Bowl, depending on who they bring back. Number two, I have the Bengals. Um, you know, I, I don't. I think they got really lucky last year with injuries. They really didn't have that many guys hurt. Um, I also think they got lucky in their playoff run. Tannehill played his worst game ever. Mahomes played his worst game ever. And they finally went up against a team that, um, you know, had a game plan for him, I think, better than better than what the Chiefs had and their monumental collapse in the second half against them. Um, I don't think they, they make it back there this year. Um, I think a healthy Ravens team finishes the division first with Lamar Jackson fully healthy. Uh, maybe the best draft in football this year. Tyler Linderbaum should be an impact starter. Kyle Hamilton should be, should be an impact starter in the run game. Maybe not in the, as a coverage guy yet from day one, but from day one should be an impact run defender. Um and kind of short area passing defender as well. Um, just like that roster a lot, a lot of question marks, the receiver position, kind of looking for some young guys to step up there. Um, but nonetheless, it's a run heavy team anyways. And you see a lot of running, you know, with Lamar, with JK, a lot of Mark Andrews as well. So as long as that team can stay healthy this year, they should be really, really good and win the division. Yeah, I agree with you on this divisional rankings. Um, Steelers don't expect too much from them this year. This is kind of their transition year. Browns at number three. Like you said, 11 games is a lot. Uh, you're going to have to think Brissett probably has to get you six wins if you want to compete for playoffs when Deshaun comes back. And then if he has six wins, I mean, you kind of have to play Deshaun. But at the same time, like you're six and four, it would be – it's going to be tough with seven games remaining to pull him out. Um, I guess you're going to have to. Number two, I got the Bengals, like you said, uh, kind of a fluke playoff run last year. They, did, they didn't play great in the regular series. I mean, they were 10 and seven. If the division was healthy, they weren't winning it. And they I mean they really could have lost in the wild card to the Raiders uh, without they a probably should they probably should have plays. too they probably yeah. should have um, but yeah I mean the Bengals are good they have a good team uh, no doubt and I think they'll be in the playoffs but I just think the Ravens fully healthy are the best team in that division um, regardless of if my they're my team or not I just think what they have right now especially after the draft I mean Isaiah likely looks like the best pick that they've had and he is at probably our least position our lowest position of need. So I think they might split him out receiver a little bit to help um, help the receivers and stuff and keep Andrews and Boyle on the field as well. Uh, should be fun to watch this year. Should kind of go back to their 2019 ways, but I'm looking for the Ravens to win the division. Um, should be a good season for them as they come back from injuries. And 
it's time that they kind of revolutionize the offense there, and I think they will. Um, heading to the NFC South now, um, we agree a little bit on some things, disagree on a couple here. I got the Panthers rounding out the division just with Baker as the only healthy quarterback right now. I don't see them going too far. Um, I also see Falcons finishing third uh, with Mariota and Ritter. I don't think they're going to do a whole lot, but I do think they're going to finish above the Panthers. I just, I like that team a little more. I think they're going to, they have a little more experience, but first year head coach, I believe. And I think they're going to be, they're going to have some good wins, but they're also going to have some bad losses. Um, but I just think they're going to play a little better than the Panthers. Number two, I got the Saints. Um, pretty consensus here. I think James Winston's a good, really good quarterback. And I think if he limits the turnovers, you know, they can obviously they beat the Bucs. Um, but you got to beat the Bucs to win the division. And that's why I have the Bucs as number one, just because, you know, you have Tom Brady, regardless of who you lose, kind of uh, if you can't bring Gronk and some of those defenders back. He's still a really good team. Uh, you have Godwin, who just got back. You signed Julio. I don't know if he's going to have a huge impact, but you also have Mike Evans. Um, so that offense is looking pretty good, and I think they should win that division. Yeah, I have the Falcons at four. I just, you know, uh, the offense, the offensive line is still terrible. Uh, it's going to be tough to run the ball, tough to throw the ball. Um, defense is a work in progress as well, kind of across the board outside of AJ Terrell. So kind of a lot of question marks there. Um, but the Panthers, the Panthers at three, I just like. The weapons they have a little bit better. I like the offensive line a little bit better. I like just the overall roster better. I love J.C. Horn. I think Derek Brown is going to have to take a step this year. Um, I just think they have a, a, probably a better roster, in my opinion. It's it's close. They're both not very good teams. They're both picking a top ten. Um, but I think the Panthers edge them out in the third spot. And then I'm with you, Saints, Bucks. Not much to talk about here. Um, you know, I, I like the weapons they got for Jameis. Chris Olave is a great receiver for Jameis to run the ball. Um, you know, with Kamara throw to him in the in the uh, in the flats and then get it deep to, to lobby. And of course, Michael Thomas is back kind of question mark how he's going to look, but nevertheless, good to have a guy like that back. And then the bucks at one, I'm not going to have the bucks, not at one with Tom Brady. I'm not going to pick against Tom Brady. That's not smart. So until he retires, he's going to win his division. Um, and we're going to keep pushing to the edge South here. Uh, I got the Texans at four. I got the Jags at three. Um, both teams, not very good rosters. I think Trevor Lawrence takes a big step this year without urban Meyer in the kind of in the program or not program, but in the, in the organization, um, I think Texans should have a worse roster. I actually didn't mind what the Jags did in their, in the draft. Um, Texans, obviously John Mechie's TBD only is going to play with his health. I think he's got some, some pretty serious health issues going on there to deal with with himself off the field before he can get back to football. Um, but eventually he will. I just don't know if it's going to be this season. I like the Jags roster better. I got two, I got the Titans. I think they're taking a big step back this year, going from the first seed in the AFC to not making the playoffs um, for me. I just I think they're going to take a big step back. Tannehill looked awful down the stretch of the year. Um, defense didn't get much better, I don't think. I know they have Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, they, lose, they lose A.J. Brown. I know they get Traylon Burks with the first-round pick they got for A.J. I just don't know if Burks has the year-one impact. Um, yeah, Nick Derrick Henry's getting really banged up lately. He's had an injury last year. Um, he may have another injury this year. It's just, you know, I'm not – obviously I'm not pulling for you. I get hurt. I like Derrick Henry. I want him to do well, but um, just don't know if he's going to be healthy for the full season. I got the Colts at one. I think they have the best roster in the division. And, again, another really, really slept on a, a roster. Maybe one of the best defenses in football again. Um, you know, they got Kenny Moore. They add Stephon Gilmore. They still have Leonard. They still have um, Buckner. That They get Julian Blackman back healthy. I like that offense a lot. I like Pittman playing with Matt Ryan. I like JT. I like that offensive line. Uh, I think they're just a really good team. Um, I actually, I won't kind of spoil my seating, but I have them a little higher, uh, than most, um, would just kind of based off the division. So, um, but I got Colts at one and they have a really good year this year. 
Yeah. Um, I agree with you on this divisional rankings here. I got the Texans at four. I think they could be three, but I just think the culture in Jacksonville will be changed to where the Texans could still have, you know, a good year to their standards, you know, five wins. Um, but I just think they're going to have a high pick next year. And that's kind of what they're playing for. They're not wanting to do too much this year, especially with their situations um, with injuries and guys. Um, number three, I got the Jags. I think they are going to be a little better this year with Doug Peterson as the coach. And I just see them winning some games. They probably shouldn't down the stretch. And that puts them in the third spot too. I got the Titans. Like you said, I don't know if they're going to be consistent enough to finish ahead of the Colts in the division when the season is over after 17 games. Um, I think the Titans maybe could get to, you know, nine wins, uh, but I don't think they're probably winning more than that. Uh, Derek and Henry, Derek Henry can only do so much for that team. And that defense is kind of overlooked or underlooked, overlooked. And I think they just won't do too much for that team in the end. It's going to really come down to, you know, Traylon Burks and Derek Henry uh, at the end of the day. And then number one got the Colts. Uh, Matt Ryan should be really good for that team. That kind of works really well in that offense, like you said, with Taylor and Pittman. And then the defense is really good. Top three, probably in the league, uh, if they keep up their pace. So that's how I feel about that division. Um, Colts should win it. We'll see what happens. Uh, Going to head to the NFC West here as we just got the two West divisions to round it out before our seedings. Number four, I got the Seahawks. Not doing too much this year with Geno as a QB. Number three, 49ers. Um, Trey Lance, kind of be an ease-in period, I think. And I think they're going to have a little rough start to the season. Number two, I got the Cardinals. Uh, you know, they're looking looking pretty good. Kyler got his contract. They traded for Marquise Brown, who should have an impact on that team. D-Hop should be back. Um, so Cardinals are looking good. I know D-Hop's going to be out for a little bit, but after that, I think they might be one of the hottest teams in the league for a little bit there in the mid area of the season. Number one got the Rams. I mean, they just won the Super Bowl. They have great players across that team, and I think it's their division to lose. I mean, you have Donald Wagner and Ramsey in your defense, and you have Stafford um, with good receivers and a pretty good O-line. Um, but I, I just think the Rams are going to win it. I don't think that the Cardinals will be able to contend with them for the title, and I think the Rams will finish high in the NFC standings. Yeah, I got the Seahawks at four like you. Again, just they're going to rebuild the year. We already talked about the Seahawks a lot in this episode. Uh, I got the the Cardinals at three. I think the, I think they're going to take a step back. I think missing D-Hop is really going to hurt them. Um, you know, you kind of combine the fact they're going to miss D-Hop for when Kyler's good for the season, and then he's usually not that great at back half of the year. Um, I just don't like Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach, to be honest. I don't think he's a very good coach. Um, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, I think there's some other better teams in the NFC to beat them out. I think the Niners are going to be a two. They'll make the playoffs. Um, they're just – they're a hard team to beat, I think. You know, I don't know if there's going to be much drop-off between Jimmy G and Trey Lance, to be honest. Um, and I think that defense is still – still going to be really good. I like that they're getting healthy. Um, I really like what they did this offseason. I think they were smart with a lot of what they did. So, um, I'm sticking with them at two. They made the playoffs last year, went to the NFC Championship game. I don't think they're going to have a fall-off. Um, Kittle, if, if Kittle's healthy, Debo's healthy, um, you know, Lance – He's really talented. He can run the ball. So at the worst, he's going to do what Jimmy G did and check the ball down and throw it to Kittle. So, yeah, I don't think he's going to be much worse than, than, than Jimmy G was. And then when I got the Rams, defending Super Bowl champs, um, you know, I'm not going to pick against them right now. Still got Stafford, still got Aaron Donald, still got Ramsey, added Bobby Wagner. I know they lost. Um, you know, maybe maybe they lose OBJ. He doesn't sign. I know they lose Robert Woods. But um, they bring in Allen Robinson, who's arguably as good as both of those guys. They could still bring back OBJ. Cam Akers is healthy for the full season. Um 
you know, so I'm still picking the Rams from that division. Then I'll, I'll get the AFC West kicked off here as our last division. Number four, I got the I got the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, that defense is atrocious. The secondary is awful. You can't have a bad secondary in the division with Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes. You just can't. Um, but the weapons those guys have, they themselves are weapons in the passing game and the run game. All three of those guys can run the ball, uh, can tuck it and get get, get out. Um, you know, I know they got Chandler Jones, and that's a great addition and all, but um, you know, all these teams have pretty solid tackle play, especially at left tackle. Um, so I just don't know if that's going to make a huge difference. He really wasn't very effective outside of League One last year as well. Um, I know they added Devontae. I know they have Darren Waller. I know they have Hunter Renfro, but that offensive line is still bad, <laughs> really bad. Um, you know, outside of Colton Miller, that offensive line's terrible. I don't know who's, you know, I know they drafted Dylan Parham, who I liked a lot as a prospect, but he's not a day one starter. He's not a day one impact guy, I don't think. So I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to, you know, keep up with other teams in their division offensively. When you look at the quarterbacks across the division, I think that's what it comes down to is Derek Carr's, I think, objective with the fourth best quarterback in the division. Um, and then number three, I have the Broncos, who I think Russell Wilson's the third best quarterback in the division. That's ultimately um, you know, as good as all these teams are, that's how I ended up, you know, deciding with my rankings here at the Chargers two and the Chiefs at one, because I think, you know, Mahomes is the best quarterback in, in football. And I think until they, someone can dethrone him, I'm not going to pick against him. Um, the Broncos at three. I mean, I like I like their defense. I like their defense line, like the front seven. Secondary kind of took a step back. They lose Bryce Callahan to the Chargers. Um, yeah, they have pass with Tan, but it kind of a question mark at CB2. Can Bradley Chubb be healthy all year? They don't have Von Miller anymore. I know they got Randy Gregory, but the, He's never been a, a super high production guy. Um, so just kind of question marks there. And then it's who have the charge. I think they're just a really talented roster. They may have one of the best rosters in football fully healthy. Um, but until until they can prove to me that they can do it. I mean, they're my team. Until they can prove to me that they can do it and win the division, I can't pick them. Special teams is still an issue. Uh, it looked atrocious in the preseason, to be honest. Um, so I have no idea what that's going to look like in the regular season. Um, but they've got, they've got Justin Herbert quarterback and, as long as they have him at quarterback, they've he's proven that they're in every single game that he's in. Um, I mean, they were down 14 with, what, four minutes left against the Raiders, and he marched them down, and, and, and they went to overtime, and obviously they couldn't get it done. But if he's a quarterback, they're in every game they're going to play in. And I got one out, obviously, of the Chiefs. Um, I know they lose Tyreek Hill, but they still have Travis Kelsey, who's maybe the biggest matchup nightmare in the NFL. Um, the, the guy's an absolute freak. Um, I don't know if there's anybody that can do what he can do um, just from a savvy, a football savvy standpoint, getting open relationship with the quarterback. Um, obviously they have Mahomes, who's the best in football. I think he's, um, I think mean, it's really close to be honest. I think he's by far and away the best quarterback in football. Um, that, that defense got a lot better too. Trent McDuffie is a really good pick. Um, you know, George Kaloptis is going to be a high impact run, run defender from day one. Pass rush will take a couple of weeks to get there, but I think by the end of the season, him, Chris Jones, um, and Frank Clark to make up a pretty formidable, uh, you know, D line. I like Nick Bolton taking a step in year two. So uh, obviously they're a really good drafting team. They drafted Sky Moore, which had an impact late in the season. So um, you know, I like that team a lot. I think they're slept on. I think people are talking about them. You know, maybe finishing fourth, and I think that's a blasphemous. I think they're going to finish first. Be one of the best teams in football again this year. Um, so uh, yeah, how much else to say about the Chiefs? Yeah, I feel pretty similar with you. On this division, I think the Broncos are going to be fourth uh, just because kind of a new culture there with Russ coming in and you're trying to put all these young guys together and make a run. I don't know if it's going to happen in that division. Number three, I got the Raiders. Played pretty well last year and only made improvements to their team. Um, I mean, you look at – they did bring in Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams. I think that offense is going to be really good for most of the season. Um, and I think Carr can do enough to get them – 
in a good spot to compete late in the season. Number two, I got the Chargers looking good, a really well-rounded roster, and I think they're going to win some games. Um, could compete for the title. I don't know. Um, nonetheless, they're going to be competitive down the stretch of the season. Number one, got the Chiefs. I just think it's kind of their division to lose, like you said. Um, been pretty dominant in the AFC the past four years or so, and I think they're going to stay playing well. I don't know if they're going to win a division, but it seems like they will at this point. Uh, it's just going to really come down to who stays healthy and who shows up at the right time. Um, that's going to be our four or our eight division picks across the NFL. Now we're going to get into seeding. I'm going to start with AFC. I'm going to do my seven teams, and then you'll do yours, and then you can kick off the NFC. So seventh seed in the AFC, I got the Bengals. Sixth, I got the Dolphins. Five, the Chargers. Four, Colts. Three, Chiefs. Two, Ravens. And one, Bills. Um, I think the Bills finished one just because they have easiest division. Ravens, two. Uh, I think they're going to have a good divisional record. Chiefs, three. I think the division's going to be a dogfight. It's going to come down who who wins the last couple games. Four, Colts. I think they're going to win the division, but they're going to lose some games that they should win. Five charters that could end up being, you know, division winners, but I think they're going to be that top team out of the division winners. Um, six Dolphins, I'd like what they're doing, and then seven Bengals. I mean, they have the experience, and they're not really losing anybody, so I think they're going to get in there. Yeah, somewhat similar here. I got the Broncos at seven, uh, Bengals at six, Chargers at five, Ravens at four, Chiefs at three, Colts at two, Bills at one. Um, Bills at one, they're in the easiest division uh, in, in the AFC, I think. Uh, no, nobody really staying in their path. Colts at two, only because I think they, they also play in a really easy division. Um, they're not going to have a lot of challenges. It's I think it's four free wins. Uh, if they can just show up and play decent against the Jags and the Texans, um, yeah, they have a pretty easy schedule as well. They're not playing a bunch of really, really good teams this year, I don't think. Um, obviously, lose a couple of games, but I think if they 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 could realistically go 6-0 and in that division this year, it would not shock me. Um, and that's why I have them at two, just because, again, I don't think they're the second-best team in the AFC. My rankings are not reflective of who I think the best teams are. I think this is just how they're going to – like the Titans weren't the best team in the AFC last year, but they got the first seed because it worked out that way with the division being so bad. I think it's the same thing with the Colts this year. Chiefs at three. Um, I just think they're going to win some not some of their non-conference games that they're, that other teams may not. I also think that um, they are a really, really good divisional team. They play, they play the Broncos. They always dominate the Broncos and the Raiders. I think they lose at least one of the Chargers. Um, but I think they win the other two against the uh, both against the uh, Broncos and the Raiders, which is why I have them at three. I think four at the Ravens. This is going to be, I think, you know, two through four is going to be really tight. Um, I just think the Ravens are in a tough division. Obviously, they're going to get, um, you know, I think they split. Obviously, they're going to split with the Steelers. I think that that's just, I mean, the most heated rivalry in the NFL. Um, so I'm going to go with them at four. And then the Chargers at five. I think they're the best wildcard team out there. Uh, they're going to have a really good record. I think they probably have the best wildcard record in the NFL. Bengals at six. Um, I, again, I think they're going to be a really good division. Similar spot as the Chargers. You're going to have a really good record as a wildcard team. And the Broncos at seven are going to sneak in there ahead of teams like the Raiders and teams like, uh, you know, the Dolphins, I think, as well. Titans, um, I think it's going to be, you know, 10, 11 wins is what's going to get you in the playoffs. I think it's going to come down to tiebreakers. There's going to be a couple teams with 10 wins. And it's going to come down to, you know, your divisional record or your conference record or whatever, I think, you know, what the tiebreakers are this year. So, um, but yeah, it should be really, really good seating. I'll get to the a NFC here. I got the Saints at seven, the Cowboys at six, the Niners at five, the Eagles at four, the Rams at three, the Bucks at two, and the Packers at one. Um, Packers at one, I think they're in a really easy division. 
you know, maybe they, they come, they come out of the gates stumbling a little bit, but I think they get really hot towards the end of the year, rip off maybe 10, 10 wins straight at some point. Um, again, they're just in a not very good division, two free wins against the bears, two free wins against the Lions. I think uh, maybe split with the Vikings, but again, they could go six and zero in that division. It would not shock me. Um, again, they get Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback who's playing the best football of his life right now. So, um, and the bucks at two, again, just not a great division outside of the saints. I think the Falcons and Panthers have are just really bad rosters. Um, so I'm going to get the Bucks at two, the Rams at three. Uh, I think I think one through three are going to have really, really good records. Um, I just think it's going to come down to similarly to last year, um, just a couple, you know, one or two games here or there. They're going to separate these guys from one to three. Uh, four, I got the Eagles probably going to have the worst division of winning record. Uh, nonetheless, I think they win the division. Uh, number five, I got the 49ers. I think they would be the best uh, wild card team of the bunch. I think they probably have, you know, 11, 10 wins and get in there. Cowboys probably going to have nine to 10 wins. Coming in at the sixth spot, I think the seventh spot's going to be kind of like how it was last year. Um, you know, an inferior team, maybe an eight or nine win team is going to make the playoffs in the NFC, which is an inferior conference this year. Um, but it's going to be the Saints for me, and um, they're coming in at seven. Uh, I think they're going to push the Bucks in some divisional games. But they're going to lose some other games they shouldn't. Um, you know, they're not as talented as the Bucks, but the, they just play the Bucks really well. So um, that's how I kind of got the NFC shaking out. Yeah, I feel pretty similar with you, obviously couple different picks here. Um, seven, I got the Vikings. Six, I got the Saints. Five, Cardinals. Four, Eagles. Three, Packers. Two, Rams. And one, Bucks. Vikings, um, I think they're going to play well enough to get a spot. Somewhere to the Bengals. Um, I think they're just going to get in there. The NFC, obviously, worse. So, I think the AFC, if you match the AFC, AFC six with the NFC six, I think kind of if you do that, AFC is going to win most of them. But the Vikings are a team that always – are right there kind of towards the end with Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kirk's played pretty well. I think he'll get them there. Uh, six, the Saints. I just think they're going to be the second team, second best team in the South, and I think they're going to sneak in there. Five, Cardinals. I like their roster. I like what they're doing. For the most part, I think they're going to be the top wildcard team in the NFC. Four, Eagles. I don't think they have kind of the experience to compete with the top three teams that have been pretty consistent over the past couple of years. Three Packers, I think they're going to take a step back without Devontae, and they're going to take some time to adjust, and they might adjust too late to compete for that one seed. Two Rams defending champs, I think they're going to play really well and really consistent this year. Really, they only lost Whitworth and a couple of receivers, so I think they'll be just fine in terms of adjusting, getting back to where they were, and then one Bucks. Uh, I just think they're getting better this year, and regardless of losing Gronk, they still have a really well-rounded team, and they still have Tom Brady. So those are our rankings. Uh, we'll look back on them. As the playoff seeds are finalized, um, we're going to round out the episode with the ice bath here, and I will start it out. Um, so the Ravens, they played the Cardinals last weekend. They beat them 24 to 17 in Arizona to extend their preseason win streak to 22 games straight. Uh, shout out to the Ravens rookie class and Tyler Huntley. Multiple rookies, including tight end Isaiah Likely, punter Jordan Stout, safety Kyle Hamilton, defensive tackle Travis Jones, and cornerback Pepe Williams. They all balled out and have looked really good during camp. And Huntley, a uh, third-year quarterback, in his two preseason appearances so far, he is 29 of 32 for 238 yards, two touchdowns, and no turnovers. So the GM, Eric DaCosta, EDC, as many like to call him, he should see what he forget, can get for Huntley. Uh, and I'm sure some teams are eyeing him. I think Huntley would be a much better option to start as some of these teams have right now. You look at the Seahawks, uh, the Texans obviously probably won't be in the running for Huntley, but Maybe the Panthers, if anything happens to Baker, um, and they get desperate and want to compete to an extent. Uh, I don't know, but also shout out to Eric DaCosta. We didn't touch on it on the pod, but 
Uh, the Bills are having dealing with some issues with their rookie punter right now, the punt god, Matt Areza. Uh, Eric Costa signed Dicker the kicker, Cameron Dicker, who is a rookie kicker out of the University of Texas. As he was released by, I forget who initially signed him when the UDFA period opened up. But the Ravens picked him up like they normally do in the offseason. They pick up a good punter or kicker to compete and hopefully trade him. So maybe they did that to kind of force the Bills' hands because the Ravens didn't have a raise on their draft board. So maybe they knew something about the whole situation. Um, and maybe they'll get, you know, a desperate trade offer for Dicker as he was one of the, he was technically the most prolific kicker in UT history. And I mean, we'll see what happens, but it's kind of funny, Justin Tucker and Cameron Dicker, both from UT, um, and they were big high school rivals. They didn't play at the same time, but their high schools were big rivals. So it's funny to see them kind of on the same roster for this little point. Yeah, no doubt. Um, definitely a smart move from DaCosta. I think one of, if not the best GM in football in terms of roster moves and drafting. Um, look at my ice bath. Dodgers right-handed pitcher Dustin May made his return to Major League action uh, last Saturday uh, after 15 and a half months off of MLB, I guess, big league baseball, recovering from Tommy John surgery. Um, he had his, he had ace stuff. I mean, he, he was a, he was a really good pitcher last year, 2020 struggled a little bit in the playoffs in the shortened season. And then he had, uh, he looked really good in 2021 before he, so he had the, uh, got the injury had to have to have Tommy John, but um, he looked like a Cy Young winner. Um, he looked that good in his outing, obviously it was against the Marlins, but still um, you're, they're all professionals. They're all major league players. Um, he went five innings on only 71 pitches, which is pretty economic on the pitch count, only allowing one hit and striking out nine. He had a couple walks in the first inning with a kind of a small strike zone in the first inning. Um, ended up gave up, a, I think, a base hit and then two walks uh, to load the bases with two outs. And he got a K uh, to end the inning and strain the bases loaded on a 3,400-plus uh, RPM slider. That was absolutely disgusting. I mean, it broke. It was maybe the craziest slider I've ever seen. Obviously, it wasn't super fast, like an 86-mile-an-hour pitch, but – uh, the break on it was crazy. The spin rate was absolutely absurd. Um, you know, the pitching ninja, I don't know if you, you know, if anyone hadn't heard of the pitching ninja, go check him out on Twitter. Um, he posts some clips of like pitch overlays of a guy throwing a break, like a breaking ball and a fastball and kind of how they track and then they break it to opposite directions. Um, but Dustin May's overlays were pretty, pretty insane. Uh, you know, the sliders and then the, the 98 mile hour two seamers with like 20 plus inches of, of lateral movement uh, kind of overlaid are pretty crazy to see. Um, really excited to see him back in action again tonight. In Miami again, uh, Dodgers had Miami and LA last week, and then they're back in Miami this week to play in for another set. Um, played last night, and then they'll play the today at five o'clock Central Time, I think. So I'll definitely be tuning in uh, where uh, Dustin Mill actually pitched tonight, and he'll face off against uh, NL Cy Young leader Sandy Alcantara, who's looking to bounce back after a rough outing against the Dodgers in LA. But as I mentioned, not a great pitcher in the city of LA and at that stadium. Um, much more comfortable at home. So should be a great pitcher's duel tonight. Really looking forward to seeing Dustin May back in action again. Um, you know, always love to see young pitchers in the MLB do well, especially when it's your own team. It's really cool too. So um, glad to see Dustin May back. Really looking forward to seeing him tonight. Hopefully he has some stuff again. Uh, hopefully he gets to go a little further into his pitch count. It was about 70. 65 to 75 was his pitch count last time. Hopefully he gets up to like 80 today. Maybe he gets through six innings or so. Um, definitely looking forward to it, though. Definitely be tuning in. Well, that's going to wrap up the episode today. We will have a cold seat episode on Tuesday coming out. That'll be the regular episode minus football. Um, obviously, no Thursday night football yet, so we'll get a preview there. Um, but we will see you guys on Tuesday. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, Instagram at cold seat podcast. Maybe make sure you leave us a a review at wherever you're listening, subscribe, follow, uh, whatever that is on the pot on the platform you're listening to. And we will see you guys on Tuesday. Yep. See y'all soon.